Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Fitness Uncover podcast. Today, we're going to teach you how to recover better, how to stop having pain, how to grow more, how to have better performance. Let's do it. Let's do it. Gentlemen, what is recovery in the first place? Mm. That's a great question to ask at first. Yeah. What does that even mean? Let's define it. I think you, you have a good... Andres always has the definitions. Like, <laughs> he just whips it out. He's so, he's he's like, so, he whips stuff out. You're so well-spoken. A bunch just, of useless information just There's a library in, in your mind just <laughs> sitting around and you just For wait real. to pick it up. Yeah, man, I have too much free time. On Plethora of knowledge. <laughs> so uh, I think a lot of people think that recovery just means rest. Like if I'm not doing anything, I'm recovering, which which can be true. You definitely do need to have some type of passive rest uh, habits. You know, obviously you need to have good sleep and all of those things. But there's also things that you can actively do um, to enhance the process of recovery. So recovery is a process, obviously. And I think that in in the field that we're talking about, we're talking about working out. So like, how can I recover from working out? I think a lot of people don't understand that when you work out, you're not actually doing the building process while the workout is happening, but rather you're actually breaking down some things in your body, which then cause a response from the body to overcome that breakdown. And that's that recovery process. And you have to allow that process to happen for you to actually build a muscle for your body to adapt, even if it's a cardiovascular adaptation that you're doing, a central nervous system adaptation, or just even skill work. Um, you want to make sure that you're leaving a little bit of time for recovery. Having said that, you, there's also some things that you can do to actively recover. We'll go into what those things are, but that's when I think about recovery, it's that. It's, it's enhancing or facilitating, I think is a better word, that process for the body to adapt to whatever your uh, stimulus is for that. I wouldn't uh, even just uh, constrain it to just working out. It can, be, it can be, dude, like even life stuff. Yeah. Like things absolutely. that, things, things just happen. Like it can, it can even be like a hormonal response. Mm -hmm. That because of stress, because of your job, or because of for sure your wife and kids and yeah. your life situation. <laughs> yeah. So um, again, this includes also sports. Mm -hmm. People don't think about that. It's like oh, the the one basketball game that you played on the weekend, or the one time that you go to play volleyball with your friends at the beach. It's like you got to recover from that too. Mm -hmm. that's, yeah, that's true. We're gonna touch up on on all those things because especially for sports, people don't see the <coughs> sport as added volume into their training. And then they want to keep training like a bodybuilder uh, and also play in their sport full time. Yeah. It's a lot to recover from. Yeah. yeah, sounds, yeah uh, absolutely. Sounds applicable to me right now, man. <laughs> a lot of running volume. Yeah. Got my got my ankles hurting. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and even even people that have hobbies. I have a lot of clients that are runners, not professionally or not competitively, but just they, they love to run. Mm -hmm. And they're I even have certain clients that have tried to manage the volume of what they do because we they have goals in the gym, but they also have goals. Mm -hmm. outside of the gym for whatever their hobbies are so making sure that especially if you're that person that you like you have several goals that you're working on at once you want to make sure that recovery is a part of that process so i think it's a good segue to the question can you overwork yourself i think certainly yeah i think certainly and i think a lot of people especially in the climate today it's very romantic to train harder train every hard. day yes yeah. gym seven days a week yeah mm -hmm. yeah it's a very romantic notion, but um. it comes. I think it comes a lot, and this is not throwing any shade at any particular segment of the fitness industry, but it comes a lot from the old school bodybuilding era of uh, I will outwork anybody, and it's like mm -hmm. that's not what you're looking for, man. It's not like you want to 
work more, you want to work less and get the same results mm-hmm. because that's efficiency. Mm-hmm. You want to be as most efficient as possible with your time and energy. Yeah, right. Yeah, I think there's the post that you uh, recently did about uh, picking a good coach and and who to listen mm-hmm. to and, and stuff like that it gives a, a, a big point of that because what you just talked about the bodybuilding uh, community definitely had a big role in in this uh, this way of thinking the of, development of it absolutely yeah. I think that also what people don't see is that a lot of these people especially the bodybuilders when we're talking about that professional bodybuilders the reason why they're able to do these workouts and get so much benefit from them and keep growing muscle and not necessarily need all of this recovery is because they're also taking things that allow them to recover way better on top of like nick's post said the genetics of these people allow them to have recovery that is probably better than most of us drugs by the way yes taking stuff yes performance enhancement drugs drugs. yeah yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) drugs drugs Drugs. (laughs) say no to drugs kids uh yeah they're definitely taking supplements so performance enhancement drugs that allow them to. so you want to explain why that is the case like why is it that the drugs make it so that they can handle more work yeah so these performance enhancement drugs are probably most of them are derivatives of (coughs) testosterone which the higher testosterone levels that people have both men and women because actually women have more testosterone than estrogen so it's still a huge uh, hormone for them uh the higher your testosterone levels is going to help your recovery process quite quite some a significant amount Mm -hmm. uh so yeah absolutely and not only that but also they're they activate the androgen receptors Mm -hmm. which gives the signal for the muscles to start repairing and so when you're having those performance enhancement drugs in your body 24-7, you are building 24-7. You're anabolic. You're anabolic all the time. And so you can work more. You can do more work because you get to recover from it as opposed to someone that is natural. You kind of have to create your own drug per se, and that is sending the signal by training, but then you have to recover to allow for the the stimulus to, to grow, mm-hmm. the stimulus of what you just put to grow. So would it be safe to say, or at least true to say that the the benefits of a performance enhancement drugs is not necessarily on the performance itself but on the ability to recover from mm-hmm. the performance yeah. a big a, at right. least a big benefit big because benefit. I, I could think that there's definitely some performance during the performance so do your workouts actually too. can you yeah. handle more volume like oh, yeah. as in the performance oh, yeah, standpoint more as volume well? probably gonna get stronger just even if your program doesn't change i yep. mean there's a lot of things again you could yeah. also pr- probably make like uh, attribute some of that to the recovery because you're recovering better yeah. your workouts are gonna yeah. but i think all of it kind of <laughs> just uh, blends together. It's even to the point, I even read this article a long time ago, probably like 10 years ago, about a study of two groups of people, a group that was given a placebo and then a group that was giving the performance enhancement drugs. None of the groups worked out. It was just to see if the performance enhancement drug built muscle mm-hmm. without you even moving or working out. And after 12 or 16 weeks, I don't remember exactly, the people that took the performance enhancement drug actually build about two more pounds of muscle than the people wow. that did not. That's significant, dude. Yeah. Two pounds is a lot. Yeah, that's it's yeah. absolutely. I believe it. I believe it also because you can see it even with the organs of people that are doing this long term. That you don't just get mm-hmm. muscular enlargement. You get heart, heart. Yeah, yeah, intestines. intestines all of these things. Yeah, everything. Yeah. All, everything is going to yeah. grow. Um, so obviously, you got to be careful with those things. Uh, but yeah, absolutely. They're going to help you recover. So you're going to be able to do two a days with crazy intensity and crazy volume um, as you please, especially if they're working up to it because these people are just everything, all 
everything that revolves around their training. Which is why, by the way, bodybuilders that are enhanced, or at least I guess people in general that are enhanced, can get away with a more segmented split in their training. For example, having a bicep day or having a tricep day or a shoulder specifically, mm -hmm. as opposed to like someone that is more, someone that is natural is better off having a upper yeah. or a lower or a that, full body. That's, that's what I was alluding to yeah. when I was saying that we have to create our own drug and that is by stimulating the muscle more mm -hmm. often because you stimulate it, recover it. Once you recover from it, you can hit it again. Mm -hmm. So that way you can continue to stay anabolic mm -hmm. with that muscle and trying to grow it as opposed to like what you just said, with a testosterone, you can hit it once and it's still being yeah. anabolic yeah. and you can hit it the next week. And yeah. so you would, you would almost have to do something <coughs> like I actually have tested some things like this before uh, because obviously like what we were talking about is that these these uh, testosterone let's just this is I'm just gonna talk about testosterone as one of them because it's probably the most common one testosterone allows you to be anabolic almost 24 7 so in order to do that you'd probably have to split your one-hour workout into like Little six segments. six ten minute yeah. workouts just so that you can f throughout the day yeah. keep sending signals uh, that keep you anabolic on top of that you have to then meal timing would probably become a thing where you want to be you know having having those meals to specific time and at that point that's your full-time job yeah exactly <laughs> so exactly like. by the way i'm not i don't want this to be like i'm not shitting on testosterone um because if or if, bodybuilders if or, or bodybuilders EDs. or anything yeah. like no, that we're just explaining the the truth exactly exactly if it doesn't, if it doesn't cover it guys we uncovered the truth i would definitely say if you want to uh partake in, in, in using these uh, supplements, drugs, whatever you want to call them. Um, you want to talk to somebody that knows what they're doing. You don't want to do this by yourself or, or listening to the bodybuilder that's telling you to do it or, or you know, in the gym or whatever. Um, you definitely want to make sure that you're, you're seeking professional help because these are things that you, you definitely want to make sure that you understand what you're putting into your like body. The, bro, the Olympia is happening right now, man. You think I'm not going to want to watch that? Like that's Yeah, absolutely. Oh, like big absolutely. fans, dude. Like be my absolutely. guest. Absolutely, yeah. 100%. So I was going to say that, like you said, his post was really good because if you are just following your favorite social media influencer and that person looks like they take some stuff mm -hmm. and they tell you to do their workout, to buy their workout their program with their Pro volume, with their split of training, then their formula, you, their formula, then you might end up overworking yourself mm -hmm. and overtraining yourself. And that's why, um, having a person that is there to coach you and not just buying a program from someone else is very important because the person that can coach you, the person that person will allow to, will make the adjustments that need to be made because maybe the first week of the program or that influencer program might be too much volume, you might get too sore. And then you might even not even perform better the next week. Yeah. Or even you can get hurt throughout the whole weeks of training, like let's say eight weeks past and you did the program, but now you have shoulder pain because you just overdid the, the training for your shoulders because you were following that bodybuilders or that influencers program. Not only that, but the deficits in the training as well. Like they don't include all the elements of training that need to be included for progress. Right, they just focus on just building muscle. It's literally just hypertrophy training. Yeah. Um, and it's very systematized, I guess is the word I'm looking for. Systemized. It's yeah. systemized. Yeah. It's like, uh, it's, it's, it, it becomes a one size fits all. And I say this all the time on my Instagram. You're only as strong as your weakest link not train your weakest link that will always be your weakest link that is all will always be your limitation yeah absolutely i think even uh, just, i don't know why this is what came to me when you said that but i even i think today it was i had a client that was uh doing bench press 
And I told her, was, oh, yeah, whatever. She's And people always ask this. And it, it almost like I'm like, oh, this is not why we're doing it. But she's like, what am I supposed to feel? What does this work? Yeah. Like, what muscle does this work? And I'm like, this, that's not even necessarily why I'm having you do this exercise. But I answer them. I'm like, okay, this is chest, whatever. And she was like, oh, I don't feel it in my chest. And I'm like, where do you feel it? She's like, triceps, I'm probably doing it wrong. I'm like, you're actually doing it decent. What's probably happening is your triceps are so weak that you're not feeling your chest. You're feeling your weakest link whatever whatever that weakest link is going to be yeah you're probably now we could we could talk about like how you're performing your bench press to feel one over the other but at the same time if you have a super fatigued tricep after six reps then that's probably what you're going to feel most Mm -hmm. so it's like i actually talked about this on my story last night i don't know if you guys watched it i i squatted yesterday was my first max effort lower body day in a very long time and um i went for a 295 uh five rep max and it's that's like normally that would be like pretty easy way for me but yesterday was a little bit challenging and it's squat squat you think lower body you think oh i'm gonna feel it in my legs i'm gonna feel it in my glutes where did i feel it (laughs) wrists so i'm like okay well i guess i gotta work on my wrist to make my squats better because that is my weakest link because that's where i felt most discomfort yeah i have a client actually that gets a a forearm pump when she squats squats She's probably gonna she, listen. She's gripping that too. bar, dude. Yeah. yeah, she's probably gonna <laughs> listen to this too. So yeah, no, it's absolutely. I, 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 it's like weakest link. You definitely have to work on it. Okay. It's something that's. And if you, you don't know what your weakest link is, a coach would. Yeah, that's what mm-hmm. a coach. That's like half the job of the coach. Yeah, is for first finding out what the weakest link is, and then the second part is fixing it. Mm-hmm. And that's like a never-ending process of doing that. Yeah, that's basically how you troubleshoot your training. Exactly, and a lot of people just work their strengths, especially if you don't know what how to <coughs> program. I think it's just like okay, let me choose my favorite. Because that's what they're good at. Yeah, you never want to train. You never. I know you. What you, you're watching this at home, you don't want to do the exercise that you're bad at. You just want to do what you're good at. The you want to do what feels for. good. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly the opposite of what you should be doing. You should be doing the thing that you don't want to do. The thing that you walk into the gym, you see into that into your program, you look up on your phone. It's like, man, I gotta do this. I don't want to do this. Yeah. That's exactly the. Yeah. Most People hate what they're not good at, yeah. but the the fact that you're not good at it. Exactly what you is exactly do. what you should do it. Most likely it's going to be the most boring looking exercise. Mm-hmm. <laughs> out yeah. of all. Oh yeah. Yeah. And so oh, yeah. R- wrist yeah. extensions. Wrist extensions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. There you go. So how do we know if we're overworking? That is a uh, that's a great question. That's a, a great lot question. of a lot of ways to answer the question. Yeah, and, and I think a lot of people try to find a short term answer to that. Like, how do I know today? If I'm overworking, there are some things that you can look for. Like if you are feeling sore every single day and you're not a beginner, because maybe if you're a beginner, you probably might feel sore. Every Define the beginner. Uh, first two months of working out, perhaps. So first beginner, 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 beginner. Yeah, because the soreness, you shouldn't be super sore every day after, you know, like right. I would say like six to eight weeks of, of solid training. I'm probably going to go away somewhat. Even whenever, even when you have those slight changes in, in face-to-face programming, unless it's a big change, if you're doing some contrast stuff. Uh, but where was it going with that? You tell me. Overworking. Okay, yeah. So long term, I I like to think about looking at things week to week. So if your numbers, you, you can't push your numbers up. If you're training more and more in terms of volume, if you're training more days a week, if you're training more reps and more sets, and you can't seem to push the numbers up in terms of of weight or Especially if you're feeling like you're running low on energy, things like these, this, like how, how are you feeling week to week and how are your numbers looking week to week? And you could probably start seeing some patterns of starting to, to have that bell curve in your progress. 
So that's definitely a for sure way to know if you're overworking, if you're doing the right things and things are not going. And that's up. a very good point because most people will think that if they're not making progress, they have a plateau. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So maybe I need to that do more. Yeah, bench maybe, more. Maybe, oh my God. Maybe, maybe I need to do more. The program problem. is not working anymore. But in reality, it might just be that you're fatigued and mm-hmm. you just need. I got to change off. coaches. Yeah, I change. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So so yeah, definitely the numbers play a, play a huge part. But also how you're how you're feeling. Feeling. So mm-hmm. how how are you sleeping? Also like mm. if you're getting too irri- irritable, um, if you're not sleeping well, you're getting some insomnia. You might be overdoing it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Calling me out. Nah, I'm calling whoever is not sleeping. Okay, because nowadays with TikTok and, and Instagram, we can YouTube, easily. we can easily go to bed too late because you're watching videos and stuff like that. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, get lost. Hey, we're gonna get phone. to sleep. Don't think that we're not gonna discuss that. I know you all hate it, mm. but we're gonna discuss it mm-hmm. because sleep is gonna be the most important thing for your recovery, right, Nick? <laughs> yeah. I don't want to be Mr. a part of this podcast Mr. anymore. Center. Time center at midnight. <laughs> Fitness and cover is now a two-man operation. <laughs> so, yeah, definitely the numbers yeah. are going down. You're not sleeping well. There's one that we haven't mentioned yet. It might yet. be ir- irritable, so getting, like, a little mad over little things mm-hmm. very too soon. Yeah, go ahead. You guys know which one that is? No. What were you, I don't know what you're going to say. Pain. Pain. Yeah. Pain. Yeah. Yeah. So, every tissue has a capacity. Mm-hmm. Let's say you're... Again, going back to the example of my squat, mm-hmm. my wrist had a capacity of 100. And the squat probably paced, placed the capacity or a load on it of 105. Yeah. So if you do that for long enough, you need to recover more. Yeah. And something you've said actually on this podcast is also not just the one time, but the accumulation of, because it, it could Correct. be like, okay, I know that my wrist is strong enough to do this because I've done it before. Okay. But can you do it more often? Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Can you do, if you can do one single at three, 315, can you do three singles at 315 yeah. the same week? Yeah. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm agreeing with what he's saying. Correct, uh, yeah. Not, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and, and segueing almost to the next topic, but not necessarily because it doesn't just have to be the things that you're doing in the gym that, that cost you to overwork. You could keep your program the same. Let's say one month you definitely didn't overwork and you kept the program the same. I wouldn't necessarily say to keep programs the same month to month, but let's say just for the sake of this argument, you kept the program the same. So, but then you start feeling like the same things, the same symptoms that we're talking about, pain, sleep, irritability, lack of progress, feeling less energy, all these things. But what else happened? Like, did you take on a new job? Are you, you know, having stress at home? Are you not eating enough? Are you not eating enough? All of these things. So if you add all of these other stresses, other insulting factors, let's call them, to the equation and you kept the workouts the same, it could add that stress to the body and then the workouts now overflow that threshold cup, Mm -hmm. which we'll talk about a little bit more. I I touched on some topics there that we are going to talk about. I actually have have a client of mine. She... <clears throat> she used to train like six times a week and she pushed for a seventh. Like she loved working it. Went to her college. She's now doing clinical rotations in the hospital three times a week and that's already too much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she can't even can't recover from that. Yeah. Going back to the athletes, that happens with athletes a lot too. Let's say that you're doing an off season program. You can't keep that off season program the same once they get to one season. Oh, yes. Yeah, they're going to have a lot of more practices. They're going to have games. They're going to, and, and also just. <coughs> on season, you don't want to be necessarily shooting for PRs and things like that. Right. At that point, it's just maintenance. about maintenance. Maintenance. Yeah. 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 Building time maintenance and performing and time. Just recovery. 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 Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So A lot this of these injuries, huge. like Nick says, 
these pains that come and these injuries that come is from lack of recovery. Mm-hmm. And so if you're in a sport and you're in season, yeah, you shouldn't be pushing for any PRs. Yeah. You should just be maintaining what you have and then during the off season is when you build. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because exactly like what you just said, you, you don't, ne- maybe it's not necessarily that you're doing too much in the gym. Maybe you're just not putting enough emphasis on recovery. Mm-hmm. Uh, there definitely could be the, the, the program that is just ridiculously too much obviously like i know that you, especially with power lifters you guys do the the whole like not not hell week but you, you peak week right, right. so yeah. that's definitely going to be you can't peak week every single week 52 weeks a year you know you can't do well that. you also don't want to you know yeah of course you're not, not building anything not. Yeah. you know that's that's more of a, like that's i was going to mention this anyway so it's switching the mentality from thinking in terms of weeks and months and thinking more of six months macro cycles so mm-hmm. one year two mm-hmm. years like you need to have certain period of a couple months in a row where you're building and a couple months in a row where you're a couple months in a row where you are showing what you have built like exposing it by decreasing the Mm -hmm. fatigue right Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely absolutely going to the next topic Mm -hmm. can nutrition improve recovery recovery? (laughs) yes so if it can yeah that's like not even like a that's like a no-brainer yeah uh it's it's a no-brainer for us but a lot of people and I, I see it all the time. And I actually made a post about this the other day. Now, a lot of people are doing a lot of work, a lot of workouts. They're working out a lot, but they're just not eating enough I to recover. No, no, no. I just. Oh, you saw one? Yeah. Oh, no, okay. it's just I've, I've seen it my whole career. You know, I'll give the example of, of F45. Mm. You know, at mm-hmm. F45, there was people that were working out six days a week. Hard. F45 yeah. is hard. Yeah. But they'll be like, Jose, I'm not losing any pounds. But they're just not. They're overeating and they're and they're under eating as well. They're a Prius. So like yeah. yeah, so like they're they're like killing it in the gym. They're going through the whole workout. They are a bodybuilder will come to the class and it was funny because the bodybuilder will show up to the class and we'll put the bodybuilder next to another person that has been in F forty five for months. And that person that was in F forty five will just smoke smoke them. And that bodybuilder looks, you know, all like beautiful and, and cut and, and shredded and Walk out after the first half, yep. walk out or yeah. throw up. Yeah. <laughs> but the b- difference between the bodybuilder and that person is that the bodybuilder actually takes care of their nutrition mm. and the other person doesn't. Mm-hmm. So one person looks like they work out and then the other, and one, the other yeah. one doesn't. Yeah. One yeah. person has the equation, right? Right. And the other one. Yeah. Oh, and ironic, right? Yeah. 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 And I think we're in a time, and we're lucky to be in this time as coaches, we're in a time that things are shifting from a weight loss use cardio type of approach to okay now we're starting to see the value of strength training specifically amongst women i think this is happening and it's very common for this overworking thing to happen when you have those two goals of like now i understand that i need to build muscle but i still i'm stuck with the i want to lose weight goal Mm -hmm. so i'm trying to eat less because i want to lose weight but i also want to build muscle so i'm working out like a crazy person and it's just you're, you're going to run into that wall of like you're not feeding the body the enough fuel to fuel the workouts and to fuel the, rec- the, recovery, the recovery process yeah. that you need to build that muscle. Mm-hmm. So none of them are going to happen because now you're just adding a ton of stress to the body. The body's not going to want to adapt. The body's not going to want to lose weight because it feels like it's just you're surviving starving at this me. point. Yeah, it's just surviving. You're starving me and you're asking me to do all of this work. So it's the the Prius Mustang analogy that you made the other episode, yeah, which I, by exactly. the way, appropriated myself to explain to my clients, Use it. it's which beautiful. is great. It's yeah. great. Yeah, it's beautiful. It makes perfect sense. Yeah. yeah. So yes, and specifically to not to not move on from this topic because I think it's super important. Protein is a huge factor 
And also every yeah, so macronutrient carbs and, and carbs. That's what I was going to yeah, Is protein going to hurt your kidneys? They, <laughs> you know, I actually, I don't know if you saw in my post, but there was this like nutritionist that uh, commented on, on my, on the post that I posted a couple of days ago that to take, if you're starting a nutrition kind of regimen and you're struggling with it, instead of taking away from it, try to think about adding things on that are probably good for you. And one of the things that I put on there was eat more protein. And then this nutritionist came on there and, and uh, he was like, actually, most of my clients overeat protein. I've never had this problem. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I've never like what I've never had that problem. like yeah I mean I've always had that problem yeah that like, my clients my clients always always struggle with getting enough protein it's it's just dude I struggle more, with getting more, enough protein. Yeah. it's more satiating yeah. than it's hard to eat a lot of protein because it's very satiating yeah so yeah maybe his clients are eating forty five grams of protein yeah maybe his clients are all bodybuilders I don't know uh, and he also said that he yeah he's, he he also under under prescribes protein because he was like eighty to a hundred. Which also was like, you just ballpark it like that, like for everybody. Yeah, exactly. Like, what about a six foot ten guy? Yeah. Or a six foot six guy? Like, he's not eating hundred grams. Like, yeah. he'll eat that in one meal. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. I didn't entertain the the conversation because I was like, this is just gonna go way over. Right. Just. Well, useless. if you want engagement. Yeah, I did. I did a little bit. <laughs> I, I answered him. I responded. I was like, oh, never had that problem. That's literally what like it was. And he answered back, and then I was like, yep, never had that problem. But <laughs> but here's the thing that we're not telling people to eat an absurd amount mm -mm. Of, of protein mm -mm. and also it's, i don't do it all at once right like bump it up it's not like you weigh 120 pounds and we're telling you to eat 220 grams of protein maybe 10 years ago somebody would have told you that. 10 years ago would have told you that but now the research is out like there's yeah. actual there's actual research papers that show how many grams of protein is what you need mm -hmm. to stimulate protein synthesis for you to build muscle mm -hmm. and yeah. that's that's what we're recommending which is around the 0 0.8 to 1 point grams per pound of body weight. By the way, this is also if you do endurance-style training as well. If mm -hmm. you're doing CrossFit or, or F45 sure. or any of those things, that, for sure. that also includes that is, Yeah. I actually, whenever I have... It's not just for bodybuilders. It's just yeah. if you're trying to build muscle. Yeah, because, or maintain. Because or maintain, if you're yeah. losing, let's say your goal is to burn body fat, if you want to drop body fat percentage, you want to maintain as much muscle as you possibly can. So I actually bump protein with clients that are trying to Oh yeah, yeah. The 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 lower the body fat percentage, the higher, higher the protein. The protein. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because the, the the more likely it is that you're gonna lose muscle because yeah. you're so lean. Yeah. Exactly. So actually, the the people that have the higher body fat percentages need less protein. Yeah. So yeah. Pro percentage. So when it comes to recovery, protein is paramount. Paramount. Yeah. Because we have to give the body the resources that it needs, because our muscles are proteins, mm -hmm. and so we need to give protein to the muscle for it to repair and rebuild. Yeah. What's Are up? we gonna touch on the whole glycogen replenishing aspect of it? Too? I was gonna talk about carbs. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna talk. Carbs are also important for the, the people that are keto. Carbs are <laughs> important <laughs> as well to, for recovery. It's Wait. A, like no, straight up. Like um, yeah. Come on. Yeah, it's yeah. a it's a it's a it's a culture now. It's yeah. not even like a diet. I feel. Like if it works for Identity. you, good. Yeah, but. It's the research zone that you need to, when you are training heavy or you're doing weight training, you're using glycogen as energy, as fuel. And so when you use it, you get rid of it. Mm -hmm. And so you have to replenish it in order for you to recover what you lost. Mm. So that when you go hit the gym again, you have enough carbohydrates that turn into glycogen to be used again to lift 
yeah. as heavy as you can or perform as best as you can. Yeah. The main source of energy for your nervous system is carbohydrates. So that that alone should like Yeah, and, and the whole ring a bell. keto thing because like I obviously there's some people that keto would be great for and you know, I, I think all of these are two all, all of these diets are ultimately tools now they have become what we call fad diets because people kind of try to popularize them but they've been around for identify with time. it it's like right. a, it becomes like a culture group exactly yeah. exactly and and they marry it and they think that like if you're not doing this and it, it, not everybody of course i'm not this is obviously if you're doing a keto diet and you like it like and, and it works for you like maybe that is something that you might want to stick with uh, but it's or if not you have any certain diseases that exactly you, like, yes you know, right that you might have that. That we talked about that in yeah. previous mm -hmm. podcasts if, if it helps your your situation continue to use it but mm -hmm. go ahead yeah um but they're all tools they're all just they they, they fit certain parameters then you want to use them under a certain situation and that doesn't mean that everybody should use them and just because you have had success with a certain diet doesn't mean that you should try to preach it to everybody else and have everybody join <laughs> the same the same kind of thought process shout uh, out liver king primal yeah yeah, yeah. amazing you don't do the nine essential tenants and when i go home tonight i'm gonna have bold testicle for dinner <laughs> i was i was Love of god i was so mad when i first saw him like a year ago <laughs> yeah yeah because he like said the whole nine essential tenants to look like him and i was like i do all of that <laughs> <laughs> and I, Look, there's nothing like you, buddy. Like, uh, yeah. come on. Like, yeah, I, no. straight up. I sleep. I eat. And like, I, I have fun. <laughs> it's like, come on, man. Like, yeah. No. The, the one thing I'll never do that he does is the whole like not showering, not using uh, hygiene products and stuff like that. I don't. I don't think. I don't think that's true. I don't think. I think so he showers. Although, you know what? I will say that there are some people that have interviewed him that say that he smells like bad okay <laughs> so maybe it is oh. true i don't know said he's what that he smells terrible oh really you know, i believe it you yeah. know what he said right. he says that he sleeps on the floor yeah dude come on you're making a hundred million dollars a year i don't think so and look at his house dude yeah his this house his, he has a ranch how yeah. is he primal he wears a backwards hat on every video no yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did they have backwards hats back in primal days <laughs> apparently dude Nine of and I, I love shitting on liver king but it's so fun yeah it's popular right now so maybe it'll get us some more views <laughs> I I was I opened up YouTube and that first video of more plates more dates uh you know giving mm -hmm. like exposing him literally 2 minutes posted. I was like, "Wow." Yeah. I'm going to be one of the first people to see this video of Libra can be posted. Uh um exposed. Being, exposed. Yeah. yeah. Exposed. Yeah. Also shout out Derek. Such good source of information. Yeah. Love watching him. Yeah. And Sack Talender too. I started following oh, yeah. uh, Sack Talender when he had like 10,000 followers on, Me too. on YouTube. Like 20 something. And now he has like, what, over 200,000 or yep. something like that? Yeah. Yeah. He also made his content a little bit more mainstream recently. Because mm -hmm. it used to be like just like weightlifting. weightlifting yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> All right. Cool. Wait. wait. Sorry. We do ahead. have to touch on the part of fats helping you recover as well. Mm -hmm. Not just recover, but one of the biggest things that people with fats before you even touch on that is vitamins. I think this is something important to understand because especially people that takes uh, a multivitamin and they have a low fat diet, they don't understand that most of those vitamins are going to waste. There are two kinds of vitamins. There are fat soluble vitamins and water soluble vitamins. So vitamins like vitamin C, uh, vitamin A, I believe. No, vitamin A is uh, fat soluble, correct? 
I don't remember the. Yeah, no, I'm not even going like to go into it. But there are certain yeah. vitamins, vitamin C I know is one of them, that are water soluble. So that means that they kind of just go in your system and they, they flush out. Mm -hmm. There are other vitamins like vitamin D. I think vitamin A is one of them. I'm not, don't quote me on that. But they're fat soluble, which means that they get stored in your body. And in order to get stored in your body, you need to have enough fat. Dietary fat. Yeah. Enough dietary fat, not yes. enough. Yeah, yeah not, not body, body fat. fat. Enough, <laughs> enough dietary fat, which means yeah. you need to be consuming fat. If not, literally, you're not going to be able to absorb them or retain them in general. And that also means that you could technically have an, you, too, too much of these vitamins, so you do want to be careful with these vitamins. Also, that's why you should understand supplementation to really take something that is going to be beneficial for you because you don't want to just be taking things on top of things on top of things and thinking that the more the merrier. Also, fats uh, regulate hormonal Hormones, function, absolutely. which is like, well, cortisol is like yeah. huge. Yeah, you know? absolutely. But yeah, my point was just that, the, the absorption of vitamins. Yeah. You need yeah. fats. Yeah, I was going to touch up on, on, on that, yeah. on, on the cortisol. fats help produce the hormones, for example, testosterone. Mm -hmm. So like if you're trying to bump up your testosterone, make sure you're eating enough dietary fat. Try to be more masculine. If you're trying to grow a beard, right. <laughs> <laughs> you're trying to have pecs. <laughs> Buys. Yeah. Biceps. Correct. So that you can go to you your know, wife. But you know, in school, now that I think about it, in the textbooks, they didn't speak about body fat as body fat. They spoke about it as adipose tissue. Mm -hmm. And I think that the word fat dietary fat confuse it right yeah dietary fat and and body fat has been confused mm, yep. and so maybe this is just my guess but maybe the low fat diets were marketed as oh if you eat low fat you're gonna have low, low fat. fat i think that a lot of people thought that yeah. i think a lot of people definitely think that yeah. maybe even still that if you I eat fat because i know a lot of people literally get low fat things because they think that if they get low fat things they're gonna not get fat, fat. right that's not true guys right I mean, it could be if you are in a <laughs> under consuming calories, under consuming calories, but you could, you could you could have a no fat diet and yeah. still add body fat. So now the question is like, why are products low fat, and why would you use low fat? Well, if you are in a calorie deficit and you still want to have some cheese, then you're gonna have to pick the low fat cheese because mm -hmm. if you pick those the, calories, right? If you pick the whole fat cheese, then it's gonna have more calories. Mm -hmm. And so, but yeah, that was just something that I. Yeah, there's also certain products that you might want to get right. low fat because they're not necessarily good dietary fat. Mm -hmm. You wouldn't want to get like a low fat avocado. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine that? Can you imagine that? Low fat avocado? <laughs> Those things don't exist. Yeah, they don't exist. <laughs> Can I have my guac low fat, please? <laughs> Throw you out of text max, bro. I thought that would get a watch, chuckle. Watch somebody create a low fat avocado. Just low fat guacamole. <laughs> if you do, don't sponsor us. <laughs> Jesus. Low fat guacamole. You're probably just gonna put like lime and like a little bit. That's of That's disgusting, and dude. Just like <laughs> water. <laughs> so it'll be like mashed potatoes. Mashed potatoes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Green mashed potatoes. Nice. Well, it's almost like uh, we touched on protein. We touched on. Carbs and we touched on fat. It's, it's almost like they're all important. Yes, they're all important. Whoa. They'll help each other out. Yeah, they're it's almost like we shouldn't out. have an exclusionary diet of any sort. Oh, one more thing about carbs: when you consume carbs after uh, your training, it helps with sending the proteins to the areas where you just you just train. That's what I was alluding to when I mentioned yeah. the first mentioned the, the glycogen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. helps yeah. synthesize protein. Correct. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Cool. <clears throat> All right. Moving on um, into recovery days and rest days and how, why are they necessary? Why should you do them? When should you do them? Also, how do we do that? So first, I want to kind of separate those two, and I put them both there on purpose. Uh, I don't think they're necessarily the same. Recovery days and rest days? And rest days. Yeah, sorry, I didn't say that. Rest days has a connotation. It doesn't necessarily have to be the thing. You probably, there are some people out there that maybe have some rest days that are probably really good rest days, and I would call them recovery days. But I think a lot of people think that a rest day just means that it's the day that I don't work out. I can just lay on the couch. Yeah. yeah, just lay on the couch, lay on my bed, watch Netflix, and just chill. Which, maybe you do need a day like that. I'm not saying that you nobody should ever do that, but that's not necessarily the best thing that you could do for your recover, recovery process. Especially if you're overworking. I mean, maybe, not, not especially if you're overworking. Actually, if you're overworking, maybe you should take a, a rest day like that. But there's a lot of other things that are more beneficial to enhance that recovery process to give you more out of that recovery process so that's kind of what i wanted to separate and then talk about each one i do think that recovery days are necessary that doesn't mean that you don't go to the gym on our recovery day but i do think that they're necessary you can switch gears as to what you're trying to train for so we can talk about what you should train for if you want to have a recovery day what can you do what are some things like what do you like to yeah, do yeah there's many things that you can do um you can do I like to pick things where we're lacking. So, like, if I'm lacking in my cardiorespiratory fitness, then I would do a cardio session. Not some, not something like HIIT, something mm-hmm. low intensity to improve my, my resting heart rate. Mm-hmm. Uh, another one that you can do is work on your mobility. I love that yeah. one, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> so, work on your so mobility coming. wherever you are lacking that is preventing you from maybe hitting the depth on your squats or... Um, maybe any kind of pain that you might be having somewhere uh or just overall doing a full mobility routine just mm-hmm. to stay loose and stay prepared for the next training session that you might have the the, the next day kind of like priming yourself for the the, the next yeah. day so. also doing that mobility routine will help throw blood into the tissue That's just right. enough right, exactly. to recover them yeah. but not enough to cause it exactly now why move. why would you want blood flow because I, d- I think some, most people know, but I think that... So, blood that. brings nutrients to tissues, and nutrients is what is required Proteins. for them to recover. Proteins. And heal. And Protein. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Protein. Protein. What? Protein. Protein. Yep. Protein. Oxygen, yeah. oxygen. All of these things. Yeah. Yeah, necessary. The better blood flow that you have. And going back to cardiovascular fitness, if you're lacking cardiovascular fitness, maybe your, your circulation is not as good. Maybe your capillary network is not what you where you want it to be. Because if you if you have a better cardiorespiratory system, you're to recover faster yeah and you're you're just your network of of veins uh arteries capillary tissue is just going to be more robust it's going to be it's going to be better it's going to work more efficient it's going to be more elastic it's going to be able to hold more each stroke that your heart beats is going to pump more blood more efficiently into your body so to that's the just areas better. that are sore to the areas that are sore exactly so you can recover you recover better I mean they're going to be sore for less time less time you know they're able to hit that body part again Sooner, more frequently, frequently, faster. Yeah, mm-hmm. with more intensity, with more intention. So that's why you fat pile up the shoot the cardio. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's how it is. Yeah. So and and even yeah. so, like sometimes what I love to do, uh, if I'm if I, let's say right now for example today I did this, I we're doing German volume training, at one, we're 
every, everybody's doing it, is two weeks that we do a year of German volume training. German volume training for those at home is just 10 sets of 10. The way that we specifically do it is we give people 10, uh, we give people two weeks to try to reach a thousand squats and we change the variation of squats that we might be using. Thank you. That's, that's, that's intense. <laughs> it's super intense. So recovery, this is a great, this is kind of why I wanted to do this episode because I've been talking a lot about recovery with, uh, with my clients because I, I don't necessarily know if I would do this for individual people this way specifically, but it's, I, I honestly think it's a, a really good character builder and it gets people super excited. Like I, I, I'm not the biggest fan of challenges, especially when they're like weight based, like who can lose the most weight and things like that. I don't necessarily think that's a great thing because I think it honestly promotes the yo-yo working out, yo-yo dieting. It promotes that a little bit. But this, I think a lot of people benefited from it. Uh, also, if it's just like two weeks out of 52, yeah, it's like... And you know who really benefited from it? I think more than people that are advanced because I think people that are advanced actually have a harder time with two weeks of squatting every day because if you're squatting 300 pounds... Wait, hold on. You guys are doing 10 by 10 every day? Every day. 10 by 10 every day. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It's intense. Yeah, continue. Finish your your, your yeah. What you were talking yeah. about. And then uh, I want to ask some questions about the yeah, percentages. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And, oh, so we yeah we do have percentages, and like yeah. I said, we have different variations of the squat on purpose. We use like chains and things like that just to have people like not have so much intensity and load every single yeah. day. But um, what the the goal is, or or what I was t what what I've been telling people is that you don't have to come in and try to hit every single number, every single set, obviously. Uh, but what I was going to say is that people, especially beginners, benefited, I think, more because whenever you're a beginner, you're not lifting as much weight. So if you're doing 10 sets of 10 for 10 days straight and you're lifting and you say that your one rep max is 500 pounds, just to use an exaggerated number, I'm not, there's a lot of people that lift more than that, but mm -hmm. most people don't. Those 10 sets of 10 are going to suck every single day. But if you are still, because the way that we do our progression is we start people on a goblet squat. If you're still doing like 30 pounds on a goblet squat, you could do 10 sets of 10 every day. Mm -hmm. Not for a super long time, but it'll be good. And actually, people have, like the beginners, the people that are just starting off, their squats have just boomed. Not just in weight, actually not, not so much in weight, because towards the last week, the weight kind of just like halted, but the form... Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you their the, the, the skill mechanics. acquisition just yes. became pretty good Amazing. because cause just because of the frequency so that you're volume, doing. Yeah. yeah, so much frequency and volume. It's just repetition, practice, because people start thinking about it like that. Which it's, that, by the way, is similar to what you do in during the powerlifting peaking season. It's just make sure that you practice movements as often as mm -hmm. you can. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So for a recovery <laughs> session as well, you can do a technique-based mm -hmm. uh, session. Yeah, by ten. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> it could be 10 by 10. I mean, it just shouldn't be something too taxing that would. It has to be something that won't affect your training session for the next day. And to answer your percentages question, we started people off at 50% and we've gone up 2% every day. Okay. So you guys end up where? Like at 70 75? 75, I think is tomorrow is the last day. So I think we're at 74, if I'm not mistaken. Wow, yeah. there, there must be. Those last few sets mu must be a lot of screaming yeah. happening. Dude, that, yeah, like, dude. that sounds god-awful. Yeah, I'm not even going to lie to you. I was supposed to be doing two 10 sets of 10 today with, I want to say, 245. But I couldn't do any more than 225. Because even in the beginning, I was like, nah. 
There's no way. Because of the fatigue that you currently and have. And I haven't even done every day. Yeah. I've I've done maybe five of the 12 days. Has anyone done every single day? Yeah. The, yeah. It, they, people started achieving their 1,000 reps yesterday. Maybe one person did it the day before. Mm. But, yeah, and they do it. We obviously have, like, a whole thing. Like, if you do the 1,000 reps, I think we, we're doing uh, 10 sessions for $100 if you get the 1,000 reps. How does that person, how do they feel? Like, how are their legs? Uh, well, another alternative that we give them is and we encourage people to do this there are some people that are hard-headed and they're like no i want to do the squats every single day but we encourage people to switch off between hip thrusts and squats because we i think they've done this for seven years and they've learned from it obviously mm -hmm. like the, mm -hmm. the owner was telling me that the first year they forgot to subtract the chains from the from the percentages <laughs> <laughs> that must have been fun yeah that must have been fun but uh but yeah no it's really cool and like for for the people that are just starting off that are still in progressions we actually have them do the bike for 100 calories, and that's what we count as their 10 sets of 10. And then whatever rest of the time they have in the session, they do sets of 10 for their progressions, which is what I was saying with the, with the, with the goblet squats. Mm -hmm. And again, like, but I, I, and I do see it, like, the people that are lifting a lot more weight, they have been like, okay, my low back's starting to feel it, you know, my hips, my, my knees, whatever. Like, it's yeah. a lot of volume. Yeah. For people like us, dude, that probably, like, destroy us. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's why I only did five days because I was like, there's no way. And then you just do the squats and that's the session? No, we do squats and upper body movement and some type of trunk movement. Okay. Like supersetted or like after? Yeah, supersetted. Like not supersetted, like right after each other. One minute break in between e everything. So you're like resting four minutes before you get to a squats again. Okay. Yeah. That still sounds pretty. It's intense. Grueling. It's definitely intense. Yeah. And that's exactly it. So five minutes per set, full set. Yeah. Those three exercises. I'm good. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, the recovery, important. Important. What factors outside of training can affect your recovery? <sighs> so many. So well, you think already discussed. Is that what we were talking about right now? We we did yeah. touch on it. We um, touched on it a little bit. Is there anything else that we would like yeah, to? Yeah, I do want to kind of explain what we were talking about because mm -hmm. there is mechanical stress, which oh, is yeah. what you do in the gym, or not necessarily in the gym. If you're an athlete, this also includes what you do in the field. If you are just somebody that has or the court or the sand or the, court or the sand or the street, whatever the ocean, <laughs> some athletes out there, yeah. uh, that's mechanical stress. So mechanical, just physical, grueling work that you're putting on the body. Material, physiological, right? Touch tangible, stuff. tangible yep. stress. I guess you could call it that. And there's also non-mechanical stress. This comes lack of sleep, which is what we were talking about. Stress at home, you know, your work life is stressful or you you have something coming up you have you're you're about to get married i know it's a super amazing you're about to get married mm -hmm. uh, it's super amazing but it's really stressful it's it's a big change there's a lot of expectations and not not in the relationship but just like planning everything out the party the event the ceremony like just everything there's, no, it's, it's a, a lot it's the pressure it's everything coming out perfect yeah. so yeah. all of these things can add stress metabolic stress metabolic is just everything put together metabolic stress includes the mechanical stress it includes the psychological stress it includes everything that's going on all of it falls under the same cup so if you're having a lot of stress at home which is why we were talking about the overworking if things change at home outside of the gym or at work it could affect even if you don't change anything in your workouts it could affect how you respond to those workouts and it could push you into that overworking threshold so yeah there are so many things Absolutely, sleep is one of the biggest ones. If you're not getting enough sleep, if you're not prioritizing, obviously there's a lot of people that 
have really busy lives and it's hard. I, I can attest to that myself, you know, mm -hmm. trying to build a business that, that I'm building, the business that we're building, working 40 hours a week. I have a four-year-old. I have a wife. I have a family to take care of. It's hard. It's hard sometimes to get enough sleep. I wake up at four in the morning every day. It's, it's real tough. Uh, but yeah, it absolutely, I can tell. One day of really bad sleep, I can absolutely tell how it's going to affect my recovery. And it doesn't necessarily mean that I did more and during my day. It's just I got less, less, less recovery sleep. time. Yeah. So what are the things that we should focus on to minimize the non-mechanical stress so that we can spend more time recovering from the, the physiological stress? stress yeah. Having good routines, I think, is key. I know Jose always talks about preparation. That's huge because the less prepared that you are for the goals that you have, the regimen that you have, then it's going to become stressful. I know I'm somewhat neurotic, which is also why I didn't say I'm going to try to do a thousand squats, because if I would have said that, I would have tried to get the thousand squats. And with my schedule, I probably would not have been able to do that. And that would have just added non-mechanical stress to my life because it would have stressed me out that I'm not getting the workouts that I'm supposed to be getting. So even that, not even work at the work, the, the home things or the job things, just being neurotic like I am and not hitting a workout, that in of itself could be stressful enough to get your next workout to suffer a little bit. Yeah. Um, everything, all the points that you touched are exactly it, you know, and I guess I can only touch on the, on the nutrition as well. You know, if you're not, eating enough mm -hmm. that's going to affect you i know we discussed this before in previous podcasts and this one as well like nutrition is going to play a huge part and so if you're eating less carbs one day and you're trying to do a heavy single on your squats or your deadlifts or your bench press don't expect to break your your heavy single rpe you know this week if it happens good if it doesn't then you know that you probably didn't sleep enough or you probably didn't eat enough mm. um so yeah, that's a, that's a huge factor. Uh, let's say work as well, and so in, at work, if you are having a deadline for a project, and you have to do that, that's your priority. Priority is to get that done before your your workout per se. Like so, you might have to make an adjustment with your coach. You have to be, you might have to be like, hey coach, I have a deadline due this week. I don't think I'll be able to do four days a week. Can we do three? Can we do two? And the coach is gonna make the adjustment that it needs to be made for you to get a productive training session, at least two productive training sessions so you can continue to make progress with your training. Mm. So that's why like, I think programs shouldn't be cookie cutter. They have to have some kind of flexibility because you don't know what's gonna happen in your life from here to 12 weeks or even a month or even the next week. Mm. So you have to be able to be flexible with changing your program. And when you change the program, what are the priorities? Am I trying to let's say, um, just an example, increase my squat, then maybe we have to take away some volume from the bench press and leave the squat volume the same. So you continue to make progress on the squat while you maintain the bench press mm -hmm. because you're too stressed from work <laughs> or you have too much, or you're not eating enough and stuff like that. So the programs have to, might have to change from week to week, but the goal stays the same. Mm -hmm. You just have to make the adjustments. The factor that I want to bring up <coughs> is thinking, firing if neurons in your brain, they, uh, I remember they, I saw this the other day. They were measuring how many calories people, grandmasters that play chess, um, wasted during their their chess matches, chess like championship Let's matches. Spent. Dude, it's a lot. It's yeah. like thousands. Yeah. Just by sitting down in a chair for hours Brain and function. thinking about the game. That's crazy. Like, talk about like not moving and spending calories, dude. 
So what do you think entrepreneurs, what do you think engineers, what do you think salespeople are doing when they're working? Their brain is like firing, dude. Their brain's going crazy thinking, thinking about 300 things at the same time. It's the same exact thing. It's like you're wasting calories by thinking. You're wasting your mental bandwidth by thinking. Yeah. And so that adds a lot of mechanical stress. So in order to prevent that, you want to be able to have practices in your day-to-day life that are going to literally stop you from thinking. Mm-hmm. Meditation. Go out on a walk. Go on a swim. Mm-hmm. Having a habit around sleeping, I think, is important for people. Again, bringing up the sleeping uh, subject. just Not just like, okay, let me try to go to sleep earlier. But before you go to sleep, maybe not trying to not expose yourself to too many screens. Maybe like a routine. Book. Yeah, having a routine, routine that, yeah. that maybe an hour before bed, you start kind of winding down towards this routine. Maybe you start dimming the lights a little bit. And honestly, bro, like, guilty, man, because this is me, dude. I try to do that, and I sit down, and I'm like, okay, I need to do X, Y, and Z. As soon as I start, business idea, marketing idea, I want to do this, write this down, because if not, I'm going to forget for tomorrow. It's like, yeah. you know, it's Some, hard. Yeah. Something that I, that I do has helped, helped out a lot, and I started doing it when I was in college was to write down, before I go to sleep, write down everything that I need to get done the next day. Because if I went to sleep without writing these things down, it would just be on my mind mm-hmm. as I'm trying to go to sleep. And my mind is just running, 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 and it's just like anxious and, and nervous to you know, get all that stuff done. So I, would, I still write things down before I go to sleep. And then I put my phone down and I'm like, time to go to rest. I just tell my body, time to go to rest. And I always sleep well. Yeah. Always. A huge one is alcohol. Alcohol. Stop drinking alcohol and making it if you if you are drinking alcohol and that's what's helping you go to sleep, you <laughs> are not recovering. Mm-mm. You are not recovering. Okay, you're just passing out. <laughs> you're just Yeah, you're not out. getting any REM. You're not so, actually getting yeah. deep sleep. So Alcohol is a huge factor as well if you're trying to recover. So make sure that you... Not just because of the sleep too, but... Bring down the consumption of it. Yeah, acetaldehyde is, is really what, what what is so bad about alcohol because it's a negative byproduct that the body cannot metabolize properly. So whenever you have it, the body just devotes all of its energy to metabolizing this one component that getting it has r- such getting a difficult... Of getting rid of it, that it has such a difficult time doing that that every other system kind of just takes a takes a back seat. Mm-hmm. So, and on top of that, you're not getting good sleep. You're not digesting. You're not doing all of these things. So it's just a conglomerate amount of things that are affecting your progress when you're when you drink alcohol. What you, what you just said there, people need to hear it again. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, play that dude, again. like like say say, say it, it again. Say, say, say it say, again. Say it louder the and is, simpler. Because the, the the thing is that. Once the alcohol is being consumed in your body, your body forgets about anything else that it has to do. Mm-hmm. Its main priority is to get rid of that poison. Man, I'm not even gonna get started because you guys know how much I hate. I this know, shit. I know. I thought oh that you would have loved. I thought you were already uh, trying to. I, I, I do, but I don't want to like. And this is a, a touchy subject because alcohol is a huge it's part society of it's society. Just culture. You know, like if you're, it's everybody is looking forward for Friday, and Saturday. And Sunday brunch. Yeah, that's how people celebrate. If you have any good achievement, that's how you pe- most people celebrate. I have to go out and I have to have a few beers with the boys. Yeah, just because everybody does it doesn't mean it's good or right. Right, right. Yeah. I'm not saying never, ever celebrate with alcohol. Right. But, yeah, it shouldn't be something that people just go to. Every yeah. like it's, it's something that you definitely want to 
not be part of your everyday or even weekly lifestyle. Yeah. And I'm going to be totally blunt about it. It, it doesn't serve you good mm. for anything. Mm. And people will go on and say the whole red wine thing and the, no. Dude, no. Uh, I saw the other day on Instagram that, that guy that screams a lot posted the other day. It's yes. Like, you know, are you drinking alcohol uh, to get your, your heart better? You dumbass. You know what gets your heart better? Weight training and cardiovascular training. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. The, whatever benefit grapes may have or the antioxidants that grape may, grapes may, may have is completely negated by the acetaldehyde thing that I said. It is just ridiculously just have not gra- just a have good grapes. thing. Yeah. Just have grapes. <laughs> just exactly. Have grapes. Just have grapes. Correct. <laughs> go, go have raisins if you want to have them a little bit, you know. Yeah. Every single story of a bad decision that I hear starts, I was drunk. Yeah. Absolutely, dude. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, let's be real. We're talking about this. No one's going to stop drinking alcohol. Mm-mm. If you already drink alcohol in your life, most likely you're going to continue to drink it. Unless, like, something really happens that you totally leave it. But let's say we have clients that still drink alcohol and they do it socially. What do you recommend these clients to do of when to consume it and when not to consume it? Okay. I want I'm, I'm not going to answer this question because I just tell them not to do it. <laughs> I'm very, I'm very... Yeah, like, yeah, okay. I know, I know. I'm uh, very, know like, not, for, not forgiven about it. Yeah, so what I would say is probably just, especially if somebody's trying to have, like, goals that they're serious about, I would go with Nick's route. Just don't. Not only in the gym, but, like, in general. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If, you, if, you, if you're trying to change your life, if you're trying to focus on, on a specific goal, that, especially if it's time limited, mm-hmm. alcohol's not going to be your friend. Because and, and, and also depends on how you respond to alcohol because some people can deal with alcohol a little bit better than others. Especially age, I think does definitely this is one one of those things that like age will definitely have a factor in how you respond to that alcohol. I can attest to that personally as well. Uh, yeah, I would just say if you have a goal, if you're trying to build a ton of muscle and you're have you're giving yourself like a two month time frame, then just those two months you're not gonna it's gonna be fine. Just don't have alcohol for those two months. Mm-hmm. I know, for example, especially in Spanish countries, the whole New Year's thing is the whole thing with with uh, with the champagne and all of those things. Like, okay, that's once a year. If you're having alcohol yeah, once fine. a year for New Year's, whatever, yeah. like that's okay. I wouldn't even want to say it's okay, but that's acceptable. That's not gonna completely throw you off your progress. But I think it's just like a personal choice. Like, how important is your progress to you? How important is your progress to you, and how important is this this night? Because it's such a such a short term reward. Well, people are going to say that their progress is pretty important to them because if they don't say that that's the case, then Why everybody yeah. thinks that bad of them. But is it really, though? Like, is it? Are you going to be are you being real with yourself when you say that? Because if you were, you'd be acting it out, too. Yeah. Just I think it's just just no. Just no. And be real, understand. dude. Yeah. yeah and be real with it. yourself, man. Just under, understand what it does, because if you have these conversations with yourself, there's nothing that we can say in this podcast that's going to actually have p- change people's minds about like if they're going to have alcohol or not. But but you need to understand yourself, like ask yourself, is drinking alcohol this one time worth worth you know throwing my progress off for the, for t- for tomorrow? Like, I think just the the consciousness of being aware of like doing it. Doing things with intentionality. The one difference I've noticed between young people and, the, and old people is that old people do things with intention. Young people do things because they don't have anything else to do. Yeah. And yeah. so just having the intention of like, is this going to help me yeah. do X, Y, and Z? Yeah. It's, it's, you just have to look at the bigger picture. 
I mean, you might you might choose that that it is. You might choose. Okay, you know what? It's not gonna affect me that much. Okay, how many times a month are you doing that? You, know, you have to look at that accumulation of like you have to be real with yourself. With if you're drinking five times a week, and you're complaining about your progress, you're complaining about your sleep. Maybe your body fat is not where you want it to be. Because another thing, and this is a huge thing that I think people, nobody knows, and I didn't know this until I studied nutrition. Alcohol itself, not the carbs or whatever that, that, that an alcoholic drink might have, but alcohol itself has calories that they are not required to put on the nutrition label of whatever alcohol package you're, you're drinking. A gram of alcohol has seven calories, which is more than proteins and fats, but uh, more than proteins and carbs, but less than fats. So that means that if you are, you have a, a drink of, of, I don't know, a six ounce drink that might have, I don't know, 10 grams of alcohol, you're going to have 40 70 calories. Yeah, 70 calories. Exactly. Sorry, I was doing proteins and carbs. Uh, 70 calories that they will not be posted on the alcoholic drink. So that's another thing that like, if you're having a ton of alcohol and you're on a diet, those are things that are going to affect how many calories you have in your body and if you're going to lose weight or not. And you're probably not tracking that and if it, you're tracking. Right. And it's so easy to overdrink it mm. because it doesn't fill you up. No. So in one night, I actually did this experimentation myself. I don't drink alcohol, but the times that I did drink alcohol and I was tracking, I tracked my alcohol and I had seven beers. And within seven beers, I had over 1,200 calories. Yeah. Yeah. I actually don't like drinking alcohol. I mean, I, I like, I like, I do like beer, but I don't like, first of all, I can't burp. <laughs> I don't know if that's something I wanted to say in the podcast, but I can't burp. So drinking beer and getting drunk on beer is almost like impossible for me because by the second beer, I'm like, oh my God, this feels terrible. <laughs> Why can't you burp? I don't know. I, don't, I can't burp. Uh, what is it? Voluntarily? That's the word. Yeah. Voluntarily. I can't do that. Okay. Like sometimes I burp, but like sometimes when you're drinking soda or beer, like you feel like you need to burp and I can't keep drinking soda if I, if I haven't burped. So yeah, I don't, I don't like, I drink beer to like, I'll have a flight if I'm like traveling and I go to a brewery, mm -hmm. like that type of thing. Yeah. Just to try like four different beers, little cups. Yeah. But that, that's the type of drinking that I like to do. I don't, I don't like to go out and I don't remember the last time that I was like fully drunk, probably when I was still in the fraternity that was a terrible time <laughs> <laughs> yeah no but going back to the the you know i agree with what you said when it comes to if the person has a timetable cut it up like yeah. like you said two months of sacrifice yeah yeah and you realize how you much realize you, how much don't, you need don't need it, it. exactly yeah. now if you're a person that well you just want to work out for health reasons stay active um, you like the pump, you like lifting heavy, and at the same time, you like to drink alcohol, and you're not going to complain to your coach that you're not getting the results that you want, by all means, yeah. have at it. Yeah. I just think it's important to understand. Or complain to yourself, yeah. right? Because like, yeah. everybody has a coach. Yeah, to your teddy bear. People need yeah. to make informed decisions, and I don't think that people are making informed decisions. They're not doing it on purpose. I just think that not enough people understand these things that we were talking about, which is definitely think we should make a clip of that. Uh, of why alcohol is so detrimental to the body of mm -hmm. the whole system, just mm -hmm. devoting everything to that. Yeah. All right, I think we're good with that alcohol yeah. part. If I, if I go too deep into this, I start getting <laughs> a little bit emotional. <laughs> <laughs> cool. You don't like me when I'm angry. Uh, yeah. So, 
Oh, we're doing tutorials now. Okay. You worked out with a lot of mechanical stress on your muscles. Things hurt. You're sore. You can't move. You walk out of bed the next day and your ass is in pain. <laughs> Sit on the toilet. Andres, Jose, how do I make the pain in my ass go away? Move. Ooh, we've been Most of the things that we've been talking about will help. And so, first off, don't train your ass the next day. <laughs> and if you do, make it light. Make it very, very light. And just mm. throw some blood in the ass. Yeah. Just, just, just pump, pump. Pump. Very little. Pump just it up. Very little. Yeah. Um, that's one way um, <coughs> to start driving blood circulation to that area. Uh, another way is to sleep. Another way is to eat the proper amounts of protein, carbs, and fats. I don't know. What else? What if I, what if I think, what if I come up to you and say, hey, Coach, I want to go get a massage in my ass to get it better. <laughs> <laughs> is that going to make me, is that going to make my soreness go well, away? What type of massage? Soft tissue. Soft tissue massage? Soft tissue. What do you think, Andres? I think, okay, so I'm going to answer this. So I think with massages and soft tissue work, if it mm, if it helps, maybe do it. Like if you've done it before and you're like, okay, it, it helps with the soreness, why not? I mean, I don't think that you necessarily need to go spend a ton of money. Like oh, how much are massages? They're pretty right. expensive. I don't think you need a massage. Yeah, the upwards of fifty bucks. Yeah. Yeah, it's like sixty. If you really like that type of yeah. if, if you really like that type of modality, you could just get a formal and do that super inexpensively, but. I would just say move. Like if you if you're really sore, you want Agreed. something that's even more inexpensive. Do some cars. All you need is your Agreed. own hip. That's it. Do Control articular rotations for those of you that have not watched all of our episodes. Yeah. Or our Instagrams. Or Instagrams. Anytime in the yeah. past like six months. Yep. 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 Which by the way you should. Yeah. FYI. Yes. 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 You definitely should. Yeah. I think just moving, moving that joint. So correct me if I'm wrong, but the, what the massage will do besides break certain adhesions and. I don't even think it, it it's not even because of that. It doesn't, it doesn't break adhesion. It's the blood flow. It's again the, the blood. That's what I was gonna say. It's just the blood yeah, flow. It's just it's bringing blood, blood to the area, to which can happen thing. through movement. Yeah, it can efficient. happen through movement, and it, it could also happen through through just pressure. If you squeeze a muscle, it's gonna replenish the the fluid that is within that muscle. So you're gonna have some blood flow exchange, mm -hmm. which is gonna help with the soreness, with the feeling of soreness. Yeah, I mean, I I don't shit on foam rolling i don't shit on massages i don't necessarily think that i think too many people too like people put too much value in those things like oh i'm 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 in pain i need a massage like that's what i need i'm i'm sore because i haven't gotten my massage i have sore because i haven't gone to my weekly chiropractor basically like those are all things and when i say chiropractors i love chiropractors that know what they're doing but there are a lot of chiropractors that all just do, do most chiropractors just do the just adjustment, do the adjustment. Like five minutes in right. and out and and yeah. it, it it the the not bad part but the dangerous part about that is that it does give you relief. So you're like, okay, you this is what works. Like yeah, I feel yeah. better than when I walked in. So this is what I need to keep doing. This is what this is what the missing piece has been. When that initial relief can be good that's and like it can a be really useful. Yeah, but it's a fifth of it. Yeah. You need to follow that up with something that's gonna create some change to what's really going on. Yeah, but it comes from lack of knowledge because. Most people don't know what we know in terms of like, for example, the contorticular rotations. And so 
no one's really heard of th- those things mm-hmm. except for now that it's slowly coming up in the industry. It's not even mainstream yet per se. Only the people that are really into fitness, really, really into it, into the, the science of it, know about controlled articular rotations. <coughs> so a regular person that is, uh, let's say, uh, an accountant, you know, they just know the chiropractor and they just know the the uh, the massage therapist. And so the other day I had a, a client ask me, when's the last time you went to a chiropractor? And I was like, I don't know, maybe like six years ago. And you don't have any pain? No. How? I'm like, well, the things that I'm teaching you, doing control articular rotations almost every day of my life, because I'm not going to say I've been perfect, but most days of my life since I learned mm-hmm. them, I've been doing them and my body feels great um now if i want to get a massage for the relaxation or because it feels good i'll go get it for that but if i'm trying to recover from a training session i'm doing my control articular rotations multiple times mm-hmm. a day yeah and even then the people that like the account the people that don't necessarily know what's going on they look at you doing that and if they don't have the background knowledge as to why that helps they're just seeing you moving your joints in circles yeah like mm-hmm. they're like oh he's just Stretching, just moving he's around. just moving around. Yeah, like yeah. that looks tough. I don't want to do it. Yeah, <laughs> it looks, it looks <laughs> boring. Now, that doesn't build muscle. Yeah, what's that for? Yeah. What is that for? So it's That's like gonna make me stronger. It's a little bit more than just like showing. It's like you have to like. It's a whole yeah. educational yeah. path, I guess you can call it. That. Your body is a beautifully intricate masterpiece that requires a lot of different things for it to work properly in terms of progressing building muscle all of these things there's a lot of attributes that it's like uh it's like video games where you have different skills that you have to build so that you can become a better character a more powerful character like that's the same it's the same thing you, strength you just, the stamina the right. speed yeah strength stamina speed defense, defense whatever yeah. all of these things League like the legends type shit you don't just want to be uh, a pure you know like only strength 99 strength everything else is level one you want to make sure that you have these attributes all building towards having that really powerful character that you can beat all of the other characters. Basically, with. pretend like your life is Kyra. Yes. And yes. you have to level up everything. I was going to say Mario Brothers. Like, I would say Powerlifters are like Bowser. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they're like. Damn, dude, you really. Super strong. You really dug that up from the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> super strong. I mean. That's the different generations yeah. right there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Talk about Skyrim. Nice. Skyrim yeah. is from is from my generation too. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was yeah, 08, I think. Yeah, it's, it's been around. Yeah, it's been around. I, rem- cool. I I thought of RuneScape. Dude, what's well, because you? That's because what? Because <laughs> 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 I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, cool. Moving on. I have two different scenarios that I want to pick out for both of you. Hmm. Little Jimmy went to the gym. He is sore in his, again, his right gluteus maximums is sore from his single leg RDLs. What is you in the glutes today? Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> little Jimmy. Focus on little Jimmy. He comes up to me and he's like, Coach Jose, Coach Andres, should I put ice on my glutes? Wait, which one is my? Which one is his coach? Uh, both of you. Coaches. God damn it. <laughs> you have little Jimmy and you have little Timmy. <laughs> All right. <laughs> should I ice my glutes to make my, my glutes feel better? Is that going to help me recover and not feel sore anymore? Well, I've been having this conversation. I have been lately. I've been getting a lot of clients with uh, shoulder problems, and obviously, I've been taking them through the whole functional range conditioning system. 
by the way, has helped them out a lot that I've gotten like four referrals, which wow. has been pretty good. Nice. Um, so I'm happy about that. But anyways, uh, they're like, oh, after the session, should I ice? And I'm like, no. And they're like, why? I'm like, well, the same doctor that came up with the whole ice, ice, ice thing. Compress, elevate. Yeah. It's the same doctor that came after and said that he was wrong. Mm -hmm. But I don't know why the information hasn't been out there in the mainstream yet. Um, I mean, like I people are know. still in, so hung up into the whole ice thing. Yeah. And so, but what I end up explaining to them is like, if you ice, you are icing the blood flow. And for you to recover from an injury or from you to recover from your training, you need blood flow. So therefore you need a little bit more heat for you to drive the blood flow to that area in which you're feeling sore or which you have pain. If you ice, you're, you're stopping the blood flow. Yeah, I agree. I think the reason why it's still around so much is just because people have been doing it for so long. People are resistant to change always. And it's been a little bit since this research has been out. So ice does one thing really well. It relieves inflammation really well. However, what most people don't understand is that inflammation is part of the healing process and it is necessary for you to build muscle, for you to heal an injury, even if it's a wound, you need that inflammation in there. However, if you just had surgery and your inflammation is not under control, meaning it's now exceeding that necessity for the inflammation, then you might want to use ice to manage the inflammation. This will also slow down that healing process because it also brings the temperature down so your blood flow is not going to be as quick through your body, the circulation which means you get less nutrients to the injured area or the area that's trying to build muscle. And it's going to slow that process down. It's also going to blunt the stimulus that you just sent. So if you're building muscle, let's say you do a, or you're trying to get more range of motion, you're trying to build tissue in general, and you just did a really efficient, effective training session, and you go and you ice it, you're going to make that stimulus not as loud. So that's a good way, I think, of, of explaining it. Interesting point that you bring because what do you see after an NBA game has happened ice. or a practice? The boots, the boots. They just put the ice on their chiropractor. What is it? Chiro. Cryotherapy. Or when you see a, a cross a CrossFitter after a CrossFitter finishes their workout, they just jump into the ice bath, and it's like a routine type of thing. And so people watching YouTube or TV see that and they're like, "Oh, that's what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to." train and then get into my ice bath i so i have i'll say this i have read some research on mitochondrial adaptation from contrast training like that from from contrast baths or or ice baths and things like, like that. like hot cold yeah right so and, and or just having your body be able to withstand more extremes of temperature could be beneficial for you but not for the reason that people think that it's beneficial for you it's not because it's helping you heal or whatever, or taking the pain away of, of this training session or injury or whatever you might have. It's because of what I was just saying. It's going to it's gonna make you a little tougher. <laughs> it's, it's tough to take <laughs> an ice bath. It's tough. So it's going to maybe have some even psychological benefits in there, but it also will have some mitochondrial adaptation benefits. Mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell, all that stuff. It's what is, gonna, what is it, it going to do for the mitochondria? So it's going to increase, from what I've read, 
it increases the ATP production in the mitochondria, which is gonna, we've touched on, on ATP before, it's why creatine is so such a good supplement. It actually helps your performance, it's gonna help your recovery, it's gonna help um, just how much muscle you can build, mm-hmm. energy, production, all of that stuff, brain function even. All, all the functions in the body require ATP, so it's, it's, it's good, I don't. Which is why everybody should take creatine. Yeah, yeah. But yes, I don't know exactly how accurate I've never tested it myself. I've never done this type of training. I know like Wim Hof is kind of like what that what I'm alluding to. I don't know if you guys have I've heard, heard, of, yeah. heard Hoff, of him. Yeah. And, and yeah. So he does the whole <sighs> yeah the breathing. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's a guy that can be like like bring down his uh, heart rate or something. Yeah, like temperature like crazy. and like just pretty much be dead and then just yeah yeah, yeah. it's, cra- it's, it's crazy. crazy. So again, but he's not out there preaching <coughs> that you should rest, ice, and elevate. You know, like he's not he's not doing that. Mm-hmm. He's doing it for these things that I'm saying. It's completely different benefits that you might be having, which is just. So I want to paint the second picture mm-hmm. for little Timmy and little Jimmy. Little Timmy and little Jimmy were both in the gym. They tripped on the dumbbell that his gym partner left. They both fell on their face. Terrible gym partner. Yeah. They hit their head. They want to ice the injury that they have in their head. Is that going to help them recover from a impact injury as much as it would help them recover from a workout, if at all? Again, same thing that I said. If the inflammation is out of control. It could be something that you might want to do, but you're probably just going to want to go to the hospital if that's the case. Because I actually had a lot of people ask me that question. It's like, would it work the same if I have knee pain as opposed to like hitting my knee? No, I actually Um, tell people even if they've just had surgery, if if your inflammation is not out of control when I'm in the clinic, I don't tell my clients this, but if your inflammation is under control then and, and you can withstand it like if the pain is so out of control that you're like i absolutely need to ice it i do think ice is probably better than most painkillers uh but yeah i i would say if you can if you can tough it out it's probably going to be better if you don't use it again the blood flow is going to be your best friend the best friend mm-hmm. in that case are you talking about the person getting like a bump on their head correct well in that case like that's a lot of inflammation yeah like uh, Andre said, like if the person has a lot of inflammation that is not under control, then then yes, it's mm-hmm. like it's like everything. Too much of a good thing is a bad thing, and and so if the inflammation is too 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 much, then you have to bring it down. But inflammation is still good for you, like Andre said. Yeah. But not too much, like like your head. You have a second head coming out of your <laughs> out of, your, out of yeah. your face. Yeah. So. And I would even say in that case, you're not trying to train your head. <laughs> You're not, so you could, you could ice it and it's not going to affect your, your, your training stimulus. And and also it's not like a joint where like you're, you're recovering from a knee injury where like Mm -hmm. moving your knee is going to be affected. So you want that blood flow to be there as much as possible. Mm -hmm. You definitely want blood flow in your head, but uh, (laughs) yeah, you could probably ice it and and, and be all right. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. So I guess that wraps the whole ice discussion up. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Glad the squat university is here portraying that information out for the mainstream yeah 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 only ice when necessary guys cool touching on the last few subjects of today's episode going into the topic of deloads when to use them how to use them why does nobody do it and why does everybody get pretty much fucked because they don't yeah and everybody that has done them is like oh my god deloads are amazing yeah correct (laughs) yes and most importantly when that's i think what's like people's questions it's like number one they don't want to because they think it's boring but number two once they do accept it they have to like when and how often should yeah. i do it mm-hmm. yeah i think it, to add to the boring statement i think people think that they're gonna 
halt progress or even maybe go backwards in their progress. Make the most progress. Sweet. Yeah, absolutely. I love I love whenever I, I do my deload weeks because I know those when you work the weeks, least yeah. and progress the fastest. Absolutely. It also I feel from my own personal experience, it resensitizes my body to 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 respond more to 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 changes in progressive overload. So if I've been progressively overloading for, let's say, I don't know, six weeks, eight weeks, and I take a deload week, and then, or maybe I say sometimes I've even taken two deload weeks, and then I come back to try to push the, the, the weight or the volume or whatever up, my body seems to respond more to changes. That goes back to the point that we made in the beginning of the podcast where you were saying that how do you know if you're overworking? So like if you're progressing, but after two weeks you're not progressing anymore and you see you, your performance decrease or stall, it's not that you, the program is not working or that you're plateauing. It's so the fatigue is so high, mm. now it'll be the perfect time to do a low, lower intensity week so your body can recover, maintain what you've gained. And when you come back, once you have recovered, your body's gonna come back with a better efficient nervous system and the muscles repair to hit the next training block to continue to make progress. Like Andres was saying, like, he feels stronger after the deload because he's fully recovered from the training that he did in the previous four to six weeks or eight weeks, or whatever. So basically it can be strategic as well, like as in timing purposes. Of yeah. course, like mm. for example, for a, yeah. for a powerlifter, for, for a powerlifter, that's very important. Yeah. Like yeah. what timing of the deload, because that's how you peak. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Where your, your compensation is you deload more over time, hopefully super compensating right before that day so that, Basically, the fatigue that you accumulated over the course of the entire few weeks leading up to the, the peak week, that fatigue rebounds into increasing performance. It's a little bit hard to explain without the graph, but yeah. basically the, with, the, with the fatigue yeah. that accumulates over time after the peak week, you have an equal response in terms of performance on the day of the competition. Yeah. And that's why us powerlifting coaches struggle with like timing different clients with different peaks. It's sometimes it's a little bit like nerve-wracking with it. Yeah, that's that's where uh, that's that's where you become a really good coach when you learn your client and you know how much of a deload, like how much intensity you gotta back off from them for them to peak correctly for the competition, and also when you know because you see, you read articles online that they say, oh, take a deload every three weeks, take a deload every four weeks, or they say take a deload when you need it, and so the strategy has to change between person to person. And so some some people and get away with more. Yeah, definitely. Get away with more. Yeah. I was actually gonna talk about exactly that. I think that it's probably good to have a little bit of both of what you just said, mm -hmm. where you have scheduled deloads during your program, where like okay, after every so often, sometimes I'll like not sometimes after every so often I'll take a deload, but sometimes your body will let you know too. Like if you like Jose was saying, if you're not progressing. You keep trying to push that weight up, and it's not coming up, and and just you're 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 stalling. Maybe take a deload then. You know, and maybe it's not time for a scheduled deload, but talk to your coach, or if you're are a coach, then program that for yourself. Or I I, I actually think that like if you're a coach, you should probably have a coach too. I think it's probably a good idea. Right? Yeah, we think, all have. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. I absolutely. think I think it's always good to start on the safe side, deload every four weeks or mm -hmm. whatever measurement you want to do, and then slowly try to push that. Next block, try to do five weeks consecutively. Yeah. Block after that, try to do six. Block after that, try to do seven. Oops, seventh was too much. Too much. Go back into six. Yep. And then keep going exactly. on the same process. Yeah. Yeah. So that, and that process can still change. Yeah, you can try again because in like a year. Mm. Well, I'm saying because if the person, let's say, switches jobs 
and gets a more intense job yeah or life more gets more stress so like you might have to do a deload instead of like every six weeks it might have to be four or something like that so it, it, it all it all changes like it shouldn't there shouldn't be like i said cookie cutter like just like, oh every four weeks no like if you're a beginner you don't need a deload after four weeks like yeah. you yeah. can actually make a lot of progress um and usually i speak to my clients i'm just like hey how are you feeling this week this is the fourth week you've been training how are you feeling and they're like oh, i feel good i feel strong okay let's go yeah. mm. if not I've, I've learned to not trust much of their input like that anymore because i've had multiple cases where they say oh nick i'm, I'm good i'm fine third third day of the fifth week shoulder pain no but i mean i still you still for me i always see their videos okay. and see how the bar is moving like if if the 315 from this week is moving slower than the previous week that's an indication even if i, I asked them uh, hey are you, how are you feeling well, i'm feeling great i'm feeling great <laughs> and i see that 315 like uh, it up. I'll, i'll i'll mention i'm like hey the 315 looks slower than last week my recommendation is to bring down the intensity for next week you know what we used to do in next level that i wish i had the tool still we had this tool the that measurement bar speed i picked it up i saw i saw it there yeah 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 it's very, and uh, very cool. yeah and we used to have sets where mm -hmm. we didn't have a, 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 a certain amount of reps that we would prescribe we would just prescribe bar speed and as soon as that bar speed fell underneath that's so sick that's awesome yeah i'd love to do that yeah it was so such a useful tool yeah yeah you saw it yeah i, I forget what it's called do you remember what it's i do called? not remember what it's called but they they showed me how to like how to use it i, I, have, I have one you have one mm -hmm. you gotta yeah. let me know yeah. what it, it helps it's just it's just a pain it is to like put on the application set up the track the, the thing what well, like we had at next level i don't know if it's we had a phone that was like the gym's phone that okay. it was used all the applications it's an ipad now it's an ipad now there we go that's better yeah so mine, mine is like a little grades. thing that you just connect to the to the bar and you have the application on your phone and i just put my phone in front of me and when i move the bar it just shows me the speed yeah yeah that's what it is yeah that's exactly what it is yeah, yeah. but what i was gonna say is that you're probably for most people this is not a absolute statement but for most people in the course of a year you're probably better off taking more deloads than you should have than not enough deloads Agreed. oh yeah mm, i think so too not an absolute obviously you could definitely take too many deloads and not progress but in general you're probably better off taking better safe than sorry more deloads than you should yeah. have than not enough yeah it's a tough topic because every coach has their your preference. their belief, yeah. their yeah. preference. You know, that I just I hear some coaches like for example like the barbell medicine guys, like they they're like, oh, like we're trying to do as many weeks as possible without a deload. So sometimes I go like eight to nine weeks no deload. But that then again, they keep they know themselves and they manage it and probably. they manage it properly. Like they're not trying to overshoot their squats. They're, mm -hmm. they're being patient. Every time they do like a single or a triple, and they say it's gonna be RPE seven, they're gonna pick something that is RPE seven. Right. It's right. not. It's not gonna get to the head. It's like, oh, I, I, I did the same weight weight as last week. I want to do more. No, they just if they do if they have to do the same weight. These are physicians, by the yeah. way, that are also strength coaches. So these people really understand. It, yeah these intricacies of of training yeah. and yeah so, so so sometimes they'll do the same weight for six weeks in a row mm -hmm. 315 315 well they do more they do like 630 yeah they're, <laughs> they're <laughs> like, also super like yeah, deadlift you know 630 630 630 one week 640 the next week 630 640 
So then at that point, doesn't the 630 become a deload because it's like your body's so used to doing well, it? Well, it's, it's very interesting because like they define progressive overload differently than everybody else. How do they define it? They define it as um, when the bar becomes too, let's say, for example, the 630, right? They do 630, RP7. Next week, 630, RP7. Next week, 630, RP6. Next week, 630, 7. 6, 5, 4. They're like, okay, it's RP4. I'm supposed to stay in the 7 range. Now I'm going to bump up the weight. Okay. So, then, so more they're internal not, yeah, effort. They're not forcing the progressive overload. It's not they're doing 630, RP7. Next week, 635. Next week, 640. They're just staying with the same weight until, until it, becomes it becomes so easy. easy. They're letting the progressive overload happen. When it happens, then they go up in weight. And then they do this. They repeat the same same thing. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I like that. Seems that's probably super useful if you're super strong. Right. Yeah. Yeah, because that's a lot, a, a really good way to manage. Yep. Mechanics. Also mentally too, yeah, because you don't think it's like the whole like in your head about the PR about a number that you've never hit yeah. before. It's yeah. like, oh, it's the same as last week. Yeah, and it's not, not so limiting in terms of like, oh, this week I'm supposed to go up 2%. Yeah. And I couldn't because, again, a lot of factors with recovery yeah. are going to play a role in that. The, I think it's a amazing strategy. I just don't think everybody can do it. You're gonna have to have a lot of knowledge, your ego, experience. Your ego oh, has to ego. be checked. Your ego has to be checked every week because you know what it is to see the same weight for six weeks in a row that hasn't come up, and you're a powerlifter and you're trying to increase your max. Yeah, and you have like, to like that's that's you have to stay patient. Person that has to love being at the gym mm-hmm. because uh, most people want to see some type of progress, and that's the reason why they're at the gym. Like I, I could just go to the gym and hang out all day i, I oh, love yeah. and like just continuously do some exercises like i love being at the gym i love working out and i would go even if it didn't have all of these physical benefits mm-hmm. but most people wouldn't do that yep i wish more people would do that though but yeah, yeah. wrapping that up with supplements 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 for recovery we've mentioned one we mentioned two I think one, creatine and protein. Yeah, I, I don't well, even know if I like to categorize protein as a supplement. I know that there's a supplement powder that you yeah. can get as protein, but it's a macronutrient. Okay, let's let's not, let's rename it. Whey. Whey protein. Whey protein. Whey protein. Whey protein. Correct. Yes. The most anabolic protein. Uh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Casein. What else were we thinking? BCA. BCA. <laughs> uh, I mean, if you're no. a, if you're if you're you're vegan. Yeah. Maybe. Electrolytes. Vegan protein is better than. NPCAs. But yeah, electrolytes. That's a big one. Uh, give me more. Well, the one that we already mentioned that we didn't mention just now is creatine. Yeah, that that's like the biggest one. Yeah, creatine yeah. is... So yeah. creatine is like number one. Number that's one. like, absolutely. take it. Once you have your protein intake in check, take absolutely, it. creatine yeah. is number one. Yeah. Even if you don't have your protein intake in check, because obviously, honestly, like, even cognitive benefits that creatine gives you, even if you don't work out, you should take creatine. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And the last one that I had mentioned is just multivitamins or whatever might have vitamins you are deficient in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which yeah. that is very important. And and in order to know what vitamins you're deficient in, you would probably want to track. Or get a blood panel. You get could, a blood panel. Yeah. Yeah. Get a blood panel. Yeah. yeah. I, I would say tracking probably give you more benefits. So. Yeah. Tracking what? Food. Uh, tracking food. Yeah. And so understanding like what you're in, intaking. Because I think... Another way that you could do this, I, I actually encourage people to do this, is to not just jump to the multivitamin. Not just jump to the vitamin that you're deficient of, but try to learn how can I get more of this vitamin from fruit, whole from foods. foods. Yeah. Yeah. 
that was specifically a case that I was struggling with on my last prep. Uh, and then this man was like, Nick, you've got to eat some spinach and kale. Because I, <laughs> I had like no... Yeah, he had no fruits and vegetables. He was just like straight up rice and, and chicken. Chicken, and like, yeah. yeah. I had a... Like he was hitting his macros. Like the it was good, but there was no nutrients, micro nutrients yeah, there. Yeah. I'm a pretty... I'm not a really big fruit guy, unfortunately. See, that's why I do li- like fruit. But even with eating fruits and vegetables, sometimes there's certain micronutrients that I like iron I have a really tough time getting enough iron you, you it's not just it's just not something that you find like in big amounts in in, in foods uh, so I like to implement some going back to the liver king thing I like to implement the nine ancestral tenants I like to I, I like to eat organ meats sometimes just to make sure that I'm getting some of those nutrients that are not so easily available in other foods. Have, have you heard of the people saying that if you eat a certain organ meat, it helps? Oh that my organ, god, that, that organ, organ grow! Yeah. And it's like, okay, let me eat some horse cock. <laughs> <laughs> that was out of left field, right there. Yeah, yeah. straight up. You know what I mean? So it's Maybe like some testicles. Yeah. <laughs> you already know what's going on, dude. <laughs> oh my god. Wow. Oh. Uh, yeah, I uh, I don't know about that, but you should definitely have micronutrients <laughs> and not eat horse cock. Yeah, I don't enjoy eating liver, by the way. I don't enjoy eating. So I, it tastes I, pretty bad. It doesn't yeah, taste amazing. It's, yeah, it's irony. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's so very like bloody. It's strong. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a strong taste. And you it's know what I do enjoy that is extremely like horse nutrition. cock. <laughs> not horse cock. <laughs> Fortunately, <laughs> broth. Broth. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. Really well good. Bone really broth? Good for, yeah. Yeah. For your gut lining. Mm-hmm. It doesn't taste as bad if you get assaulted. Yeah. Yeah. I like uh, fire and kettle if you haven't had... Because I, I went through a time where I was, like, really trying to find some good recipes that included bone broth. I actually cook my rice with bone broth only. That's the only way that I cook my rice. It adds, like, 20 grams of protein to your entire, like... Damn, that's a hack. Thing. That's a huge hack right there. Yeah, it's pretty good. I mean, it doesn't sound like a lot, but over, like, accumulation, like... An extra five grams of protein in one thing of like in every meal, like that will add up to yeah, yeah. to a good amount. So yeah, I, you I cook I, your rice every day. I cook my rice not every day, but it probably like, would last me like two or three days. I put it. My rice is already cooked, and I just throw in the bone broth, and I make like a soup. It's like a rice with like a risotto. With, it's like rice, steak, carrots, peppers, monster mash. It's like yeah, it's it's, it's a soup. I love monster mash. They're pretty good. Yeah, freaking love it because like you can eat it real quick. Vertical diet, so yeah. yeah. But yeah, what I was saying is that I went through a little phase where I was like trying out different bone broths and uh, this fire and kettle one. I'm not, we're not sponsored yet, but yeah, fire and kettle. So is it fire and kettle? And then which one's the other one? Uh, butcher box. Butcher box. Yeah, box. that's the other one that I have. I butcher box is more expensive. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the, the bone broth. For but the it's awesome. I love butcher box. Please sponsor me, butcher box. Please sponsor. Other supplements that. Uh, that are recommended are magnesium, zinc, right? Mm, because those are lacking a lot into yes. in people's diets, mm-hmm. uh, and they're also great for precursors uh, for testosterone production. So yeah, magnesium right. glycinate, yeah, right. glycinate, yeah, and they help you sleep better as well. So so what are some foods that we could introduce more to get that isn't horse cock? Yeah, 
you ass and cock today. You're, 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 <laughs> he came in the mood. Nick, Nick, you, mood. Yeah, you're in the mood, man. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are both married or have a long-term partner. It's rough out here, dude. I'm telling you. It's not fun. That's um, why he's traveling so much. Dude, especially when you train and you're 21, it's like testosterone, bro. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's a good thing. Yeah. What was the question again? <laughs> Magnesium and zinc. You ask you for food. Yeah. <laughs> what are some things that you could do to get more magnesium and zinc was my question. Um, what are some things you could eat? Maybe what was your favorite way meat. to get it? Red meat. My boy. There we go. <laughs> red meat. That's yeah. up. Same red thing with meat. creatine. Yeah. Yeah. Red meat. Red meat. Every day. Every a little day. bit. Yeah. We're red meat uh, advocates. Which won't give you cancer, by the way. That won't happen. Maybe uh, if you're that's having a, that's, a that's a complicated topic, and I hate when people say, "Oh, like you're gonna get cancer from this, you get cancer from that." You, like you, you can't. Like there's so many other things that you might be doing that actually are gonna give you cancer instead of like focusing on that one thing that you heard from someone yeah. else. It was a guy smoking the cigarette, being like, oh, "Your red meat's gonna give you cancer." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, or the the mom that is like, I don't know, drinking alcohol every single day, and then yeah, come on. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a great thing. I I bet you that a lot of people that are saying like oh, I don't eat red meat because it's bad for me are probably drinking alcohol. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I know personally a lot of people. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, so is that it? Those are the supplements that we would recommend. So again, creatine. Make sure that you're getting electrolytes, uh, potassium, sodium, all of these things important. Then you don't necessarily need to go and get supplements that have these things, but just in having more of them in your diet. Mm -hmm. um, I think po potassium and sodium are some, some big things too. I think people think that salt is bad for you. Sodium is bad for you, so they try to cut it out. Sodium is extremely important extremely for the important. body. Extremely. You absolutely need to have sodium uh, in your diet. You need, you need them for ATP production. Yes. Yes, not just that, but your central nervous system <laughs> actually can't work yeah. without those two things. There's an actual exchange within your nervous system that creates the the I don't want to go into the science action potentials, but the, it creates the signals that actually make you move. If you don't have enough sodium and potassium, I'm like oh. Throw back to my uh my pre workout my pre workout video of me salt literally drinking salt. Yeah. Yeah. Shoving it down my throat. I've done that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's it. That was a fun one. That was a very fun one. Yeah. I actually enjoyed I like this that one. a lot. Yeah. Um, so I think we should plug ourselves a little bit. If you guys want to follow us on Instagram, man to my left, please start. Uh, Liftingforthebetter.com uh, and uh, Instagram, liftingforthebetter, and uh, TikTok, uh, liftingforthebetter. Oh, the TikTok. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Facebook, my name, Jose Manuel Colon. Okay, Mr. 31 yeah. years old. That's <laughs> like, okay. MD training.com at NB Performance on Instagram. I'm not going to give you my Facebook. Uh, and at NB Performance on TikTok. And, uh, oh, also, before you start, I am also giving away for free a free course on how to do cars. Uh, it's on my bio, on my Instagram. All you have to do is Take click it. Check click that it. out. All you have to do is put in your name and some information, yes. and it'll come to your email for free. Cool? Yeah. Excellent. I might even grab that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, yeah. My Instagram, AC underscore perform strong. Same thing on Twitter, AC underscore perform strong. My website, uh, it is not up yet, but you can actually go to it and it'll say a coming soon message. So it is in the works. It is acperformstrong.com. So there you go. It'll be up uh, sometime in mid to late January. So look forward to that. And with that, it'll be a lot more, uh, more, more content coming as well. Cool. All right, we'll be seeing you in the next episode. Don't eat horse cock. <laughs> 
Primo's out. <laughs>